uh, like I said at the beginning of Mass, my name is Father uh, John David Mathern. Uh, if you need to know who I am, um, my dad is a Mathern from Raceland. My mom was a Barker from Lockport. Uh, my dad is actually, uh, his family goes all the way up towards like St. Charles, uh, with my, my, my grandmother's side. My grandfather was like North Raceland area. My mom, uh, it's the Barker Bears. So like if you know some Bears from La Rose, that's kind of some kin too. Um, Barker's in Lockport, Bears are in uh, La Rose. So I basically handle, and I'm kind of like in from the whole central part of the bayou. Uh, in Lafourche Parish. So uh, I'm sorry, I did go to Central Lafourche High School, um, but my one year down here, I wore a lot of blue and silver. I'm still doing the same thing. Got some blue on today, uh, just because I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I've kind of converted into a Tarpon fan, but don't tell anyone, all right? Um, because I may be kicked out of home. Now, why on earth would I introduce myself by giving basically my genealogy of where I'm from? Our culture, us, like as a Cajun culture, are enthralled. We, when we want to know who someone is, what's the first thing we ask them? Who's your mama? Where you from? Who's your people, right? We want to know where they from and who's their mama? What's their family? Start giving me some examples of people that you know. Because I want to know if you are from good stock or if you bad grass, as early as I possibly can, right? Our Cajun culture is enthralled with this. Like, if you get the right three Cajun ladies in a room, you can get from now to Eve. Guarantee you. Like, we can, we can trace this thing all the way back. On, on Christmas Eve, we had the names being read from the, uh, from the gospel. Like, we can get that back for every one of us. We can get all the way to Adam and Eve if we really tried, right? The reason why is we, we, we're, we're, we are the product of our family. Oftentimes, when we look around, we're the product, or the antithesis, but we're the product of our family a lot of times, right? When I find out about your family, I find out something about you. When I find out where you come from, I find out something about you. In our, our Cajun culture, this is all over the place. Anytime we meet somebody new, who's your mama, where you from, and we're trying to figure it out because we want to size people up. Now, the thing is, is that today we celebrate the feast of the Holy Family. Today we celebrate Jesus' coming into the world into a family with a mom and a dad, his own house, his own ancestors, his own cousins and kin. And we can find out something about Jesus if we know something about his family. Now, I think the first thing we need to ask, the first question we need to ask, though, today, if we're going to talk about Jesus' family, is if God is all-powerful, if God is the creator of everything, why on earth, if he needs to save humankind, why on earth does he come as a baby in a family? Like, have you ever thought about that? God has created everything. God created all of the animals. God created all of the sky. He created all the plants. He created the ground we walk on and the air we breathe. He created everything in creation. Why on earth would a God who's that powerful and could save at the snap of a finger, why on earth 
would that God come as a baby in a family? It doesn't make sense. He could just make it happen. He could save us from far away. Why does he come as a baby in a family? Well, I think the reason why is because God wants to reveal to us something about what the family is supposed to do. What the family is supposed to be. And that's where we get the holy family. If there's one thing that holy family teaches us is that, number one, every family got its problems. Even to the holy family. Now I know it's the blessed mother and she's perfect and sinless, great, but she had to learn how to be a mom. And if today's gospel is anything, it's a testament that she and St. Joseph had to learn how to be parents. Because a 12-year-old, you don't leave them by themselves in a city that's overrun with people. Otherwise, he gets lost for a day. Now, just imagine this for a second. Like, Jerusalem at that time is packed with people. Looks like Mardi Gras in New Orleans. That's what the streets look like everywhere in Jerusalem during this time when they're going to offer sacrifice. Could you imagine leaving a 12-year-old for a whole day in a city that's that packed? Just saying, St. Joseph and Mary got to be sitting there going, oh my goodness, what did I just do? Oh no. They were new parents. It's okay. They're learning. God takes care of them. It all works out. And we hear the story at the end. But the last line of today's gospel teaches us something. Is that Jesus, we hear about him when he's 12 in this one episode. And then we don't hear again from him until he's about 30. So there's an 18-year gap where what is Jesus doing? He's growing in favor, in grace, and in age. What is he doing? He's doing the day-to-day family stuff. And he's being formed by Joseph and by Mary. He's living in a normal house with normal parents. And he's growing up to be the young man that we would come to know when he's baptized. The young man that would go on for three years and do all of his miracles. But for 18 years before that, he was being formed where? In a family. From Joseph, what is he learning? How to be a strong provider. How to be brave. How to stand up like a man's supposed to stand up. How to do the things a man's supposed to do. How to work in his trade. From Mary, what does he learn? How to be the heart. How to have emotion. How to have compassion for others. How to love and how to be receptive to God and obedient to God's will, which we lift her up constantly for. Jesus is being formed in a family, a normal, everyday family. He's going through the boring, simple details of life, like every one of us. Now, no doubt that if God is trying to reveal something through a family, If he uses the family as a sign pointing to himself, pointing to his love, right? If if in that family Jesus can be formed in God's love and learn how to love like God, how to be strong and protective like God, how to be compassionate and caring and merciful like God, if Jesus can be formed 
in a family and learn how to love in a family. And that's the best place for that to happen. No wonder the enemy today loves to attack where? The family. Loves to attack through different laws. Loves to attack through different vices and sins that are kept in secret. No wonder that today many of the vices of our nation, many of the vices of our culture, many of the vices of today's world fall where? On the front line in the battlefield of the family. A buddy of mine, uh, I was on the March for Life a few years ago, and a guy that was there with me, he and I were talking, and, he, and I was like giving a talk to some of the kids on the trip or something like that, and at one point, he looked at me and he said, dude, I'm, man, I'm kind of jealous, dude. Now, this guy's married, had two kids. He's like, man, I'm kind of jealous. I said, what's up? And he goes, you're, uh, man, like, you get to do this kind of stuff all the time. Like, you get to work with kids and proclaim the gospel and talk to, give homilies and things like that. And I told him, I said, man, it's wonderful and great to give a homily. I have a blast being a priest. I have a blast doing this stuff. But what I do in one homily, what I do in homilies over a lifetime, you get to do in a week with your two kids. He's like, well, what you mean? I said, I, I got 10 minutes on Sunday, or 12, or 14. Don't worry, someone's counting probably. Um, I, got, I got 10 minutes on Sunday to give a homily. You got every minute of the week to walk and be with your kids. You're on the front lines. I'm like, if anything, I'm jealous of you because you get to be a bigger influence on two children than I get to be on an entire congregation over a, the length of an entire assignment. Now, he had never thought of it that way. He had, never, he had never thought, man, I'm on the front lines of a battle against the enemy. Because that's where the battle's being fought. The battle's not being fought on Sunday in a congregation. The battle's not being fought in churches around the world. The battle's being fought in homes and in families. Because families are meant to be a, a sacrament, a sign of God's love, of God's presence in the world. Now, I know every one of us here, if we examine our family, if we just think back to Christmas or to Easter or to Thanksgiving, we can think very, very quickly that, man, my family's not perfect. If we think of the conversations and the arguments and the fights that were had in the, over the last month at our homes, we can look around really quickly and say, my family is not perfect. And that's not something to distress at. Because God knows how to draw straight with the crooked lines. God knows how to bring the good out of something that isn't so good. Beautiful thing is, is that while we have the families as a sign, we don't have to rely on the sign because we have him in sacrament here. The sacraments of the church, the whole purpose of it is to bring us into communion with the Lord where God communicates Right, communion communicates himself, his love to us in the sacraments of the church. In baptism, we can think of baptism as a rite of passage, as just like a, 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 ba a glorified bath, whatever we want. But in reality, what's happening in baptism is that we're being adopted. As our second reading said, we're being adopted into the family of God. When we look at the church, there's a reason why we come to church and we have a guy named Father preaching. 
Because the faith, our, the faith, the, the Catholic faith makes us one family under one Father in heaven. When we come, when we come if, if you were raised in a certain generation, you probably remember having sisters around a lot. There's a reason why we use familial language in the church is because we're brought by baptism to be brothers and sisters in Christ before anything else. That may be, me and my sister used to fight a lot. <laughs> we used to not agree a lot. But as my mom would say in her wisdom, if it, I don't care if you like each other, you're going to love each other. And we as a Christian people are called to show God's love in the world, whether that's through a family or through ourselves. So as we come today to Mass, we don't come just as, a, as an island by myself or us by ourselves, apart from anyone else. We don't come into, our, into the church and sit in our reserved spot that no one else better be in, right? We don't come and just as an island, separate, but we come as a family joined. We come as a family in communion with one another. We come as a church who's ready and willing to go and show God's love to the masses. That's why Jesus came and entered into a family. One of the most effective signs is a holy family. But every one of us as a Christian are called to reflect his love to the world around us. So today, as we come to Mass, as we come and receive the sacrament, as we come as a family and share a meal together, may we come as, a, as God's people, as a holy people, as a people desiring nothing more than the love of the Father, that we may reflect his consistent and holy and perfect love to those around us. Amen.